before I get into some scripture, though, I want to I want to uh, kind of go back two weeks if I can, and and some of you uh, are going to think this is real familiar. I've heard this before, and so let me just let me go back about two weeks ago. I um, got a text or a phone call from Ed or Deborah. It was about his mother, and Ed's mother has a very very rare blood type, and I think she needed seven pints. Is that correct? Was it seven? Something like that. It, it was a lot of blood. It, it was so serious that she she had to be bedridden. They couldn't even draw blood because they wanted blood cells to build up, and so um, they had to not only start scouting it out, but it, it was an international thing, and, and she got two pints, I think, and then she got another one, uh, yeah, so she had a, a total of three, and this was about the same time that I got uh, word that Pat's condition had taken a turn for what we would say the worst, and um, and for those of you that don't know here or, or watching this, uh, Pat's condition was he had leukemia, and that is a cancer of the blood or a blood cancer, whatever way you want to say it. And I remember we were, we were coming the back way home uh, through Gibson, and uh, I think I was on 381. This is why this is so surreal to me. Uh, and, and the Lord, I said, man, all this stuff that's dealing with blood, and it's like the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, but I'm the blood specialist, though, and I can, I can handle this stuff. And, uh, man, that thing, it, it got me thinking. And then right behind all of that, it really started escalating because the, the coronavirus news had, had come out. And then, you know, we just come out of February where, in this area at least, we had something like 75 to 80 degree weather at some times. And we already had those you know, miniature skeeter copters that I preach about sometimes. They, they, they found their way home in February. And then, you know, and I know you're not going to read a whole lot out of this, but then I started um, getting more news and emails and seeing the signs along the road about the 2020 census. And, you know, well, there's, what's, what's the deal on that? Well, you know, about 2,000 years ago when a lot of, major things were going on in uh, that time period, there was a census being taken then. So all this stuff come together, and I started kind of gnawing and chewing on it. And, uh, and, and God just, he, he, he kind of just kept saying, I'm the blood specialist, though. And, and he let me know that, you know, you don't need to get upset about all, all this stuff. If you trust me, you need to trust me. And don't let the media influence you or affect your faith and your level of trust. And I know today I could have come in here and I could have preached about a number of things and they would have been appropriate because there's so many emotions everywhere. There's so many things that people are going through with. And, and I, I, I just want to approach what I believe and what I feel is, is a critical thing because I know that the Lord Jesus is soon to return. I choose to believe the passage or passages that, that teach us that when you, when you see changes in the weather and, and men's hearts start to fail them because of fear and, 
and, and you hear of wars and rumors of wars. And I said this during the prayer, but you need to look up because your redemption's drawing nigh. So you're not going down with everybody. It's not sucking the life out of you, but you are, you are going up. And so you need to look up because your redemption draws nigh. And um, so God just laid it on my heart to talk about for just a few minutes what I believe is the most critical thing out of a bunch of important things. I believe it's, it's so critical because the timing and the Lord coming back that the Lord would want me just to share with you the fact that if you don't understand what it fully means to be saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, you need to know that more than having toilet paper and water and canned goods and, and even, you know, quarantining yourself and all these other things. And so, um, you know, I, a lot of people believe and agree that their sins are forgiven. I, I, I know a lot of us, we believe, and if we would take a poll, yes, I know my sins are forgiven. And, and I think that, and if you were here Friday when Glenn was, was sharing out of the word, you hear, you, you hear, see there, you heard him say, you, you can take the boy out of the woods, but you just can't, you, you can't take the woods out, amen? You, you heard him say about, uh, about some of the, the past things in his, his daddy's life. And all of us can identify with past things, and all of us can identify with things that we're just not, we're not really proud of, and, and we'd like to just block them out of our mind. But I think what our problem is that we, we cannot fully grasp and, and this is part of our spiritual journey that all of you have seen now, either printed or out in our foyer. And, and if you are watching us today, uh, th- there's a four-part of the journey. We thank God wants everybody on. And I believe all churches preach and teach this, but in different languages, or at least believe this. And that is that it's vital and important that you know God. But after, after knowing God, it, it's... It's crucial to living in victory here that you are able to find freedom or to move on from what God has forgiven you of and then to figure out why, God, why am I here? I'm a drummer. I change tires. I change oil. I type. I work in an office. I teach school. I, I, I cook food for people. I like to hold doors. I, I, I like to greet people. There's a reason everybody is and was created. And you got to figure and find that out. And then the last part is, is to do that, make a difference. And I, I referred to Pat, you know, finishing like Paul did. He finished strong. He fought a good fight, and he finished his course. And I said Friday, he didn't finish his course 20 years ago. He finished his court, course like just a little over a month walking up on this stage before he was through. And then he did the mic drop and went on home. And... I think a lot of people do know God. I think a lot of you that are watching right now, I believe, I don't even question because I can't. I don't question your salvation. But what happens to all of us, if we are not careful, is that once we know God and we, we begin to walk in a relationship with Him, 
after a while, something is said or we see something or something is done that reminds us or even tempts us of something in our past and we find ourselves with a a rare blood type. Everything got taken care of and even that got taken care of, but it's still showing up. In, in, in my relationship. It's still showing up in my influence. It's still showing up in my thinking. You know, we talked about setting our minds up, but even setting our minds in, in, in heaven and on heavenly things, we've got to deal with some rare blood types that's just, it's still there. It's still showing up. It's still hanging on. And I think that comes from not fully understanding when we first meet God, when, when we say yes to Jesus. We don't realize what all Jesus did, what the whole cross meant. We, we know about the nails. We know about the stripes on his back, the crown of thorns, stripping him naked and, and spitting in his face and even blood coming out. We, we know all those things, but I don't think we truly, truly understand it. And if we did, it would help us so that we could be able to not only know God, but to find the freedom and the victory that comes from knowing God so we could execute and finish strong like Pat did. And that is why Jesus wanted me to tell you again today that he specializes in rare blood types. And so, since this is... So critical, and I believe the Lord could come back before we finish this broadcast. I just believe we're that close. I, I believe, and see, we've been so desensitized in the church to, to kind of downplay everything, and it's not really that critical, you know. And, and we are more concerned about the, the scenery of America and the economy and the world than we are looking at what's going on around us through the eyes and lens of this book called God's Word. And so this is a critical thing. And, and, and because I want all of us to be on the same page starting with me, I, I want to start and go over it with you, you that are watching. I, I, want, I want to... You know, we use the word pretend. Pretend, pretend, like, pretend like you're this. Pretend like we're going to go to, well, you can't pretend you're going anywhere because you don't want to fly anywhere right now, amen? You don't want to fly anywhere. So pretend like you're going home, okay? <laughs> pretend like you're going from the living room to the kitchen, okay? Pretend like this is the first time someone is telling you about Jesus. This is the first time you're hearing about the cross and this is the first time I'm sharing, all right? And I'm, what I'm going to ask all of you to do is put yourself in my shoes the same way. I want you to uh, act as though you're hearing and you are explaining the plan of salvation with someone. And if I were doing this for the first time, I would start by telling you that God really loves you. God, God loves you. And God doesn't just love you with the love that says, hey, I want to take care of your sin so you can come and live with me in heaven one day and play on my ball team on earth right now. No, nope. I think the 
the depth of the love of God is so much for every one of us and those that are watching. I, I think it is so deep that if God were to put it in words that he could put it in, that we could not even understand the language of the words because it would be that deep. I believe God loves us, and he loved us 2,000 years ago that much that we could not even comprehend what he was saying. And I would tell you that not only does God love you at a depth that 2,000 years ago that he knew that there was a problem called sin. And, and he also knew that along with getting rid and blotting out your sins, that, that you would also have moments because of the enemy on this earth, you would have times when you would be faced with a rare blood type. And th there would be some things that, that even though you've prayed, even though you've fasted, you've been very helpful at uh, your local fellowship in your church, you've been a student of the Word, there would still be things that happened 40 years ago or two days ago that, that just will not leave you alone. You've cried about it. You, you've sought help. You've asked people to anoint you and pray for you, but it's still there. And God knew 2,000 years ago that... You would have a rare blood type that would, would just really be a bad thing for you. And so he knew that he couldn't just, just send a little bit of the blood of Jesus or shed a little bit of the blood of Jesus so it could just wash away your sins so you could get a ticket to heaven. So he loved me enough, said that I, I want to not just do something that's going to be good for them in eternity, but I want to do something that they're going to benefit from now. So I'm going to shed the blood of my son on a cross, and he will experience all these things, all this torture. He's going to go through all of this just for you. And you'll be able to do things like say his name in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, there'll be a cool mist uh, in a spiritual way that would come over your body, over your children. Demons would be able to flee. You would be able to pray and receive healing. You would be able to have a boldness that only comes from him. You would be able to smile when you haven't been able to smile in a while. He knew that he wanted to give you everything, every benefit he could give you when he shed the blood and sacrificed his only son on the cross. So he, he pulled out all the stop signs because he wanted me and you to live in complete victory. Not just to know him, but he wanted us to know him so well and understand his love for us so that we would be able to look and wink at the devil and say, not going to happen today, boy. I'm moving on. That's so far gone, it doesn't even do anything to me anymore. And God loved me and you that much, and that's what he did. He, he did all of that. He knew that the method would have to be so strong that it would take care of later on because he knew that when I got saved at this altar right here and I was given a, a, a growth track schedule or I was given a, a Living in Christ book, our next steps book. He knew that even with all of that help and those resources, that the enemy would still come and try to do CPR on something that I'm forgiven over, but God just wants to, the devil just wants to come and inflate it 
resuscitate it and remind me of it and try to chain it back to my life again. So God says, we're not going to have that. I'm not going to give you just victory when you repent and say the sinner's prayer, but you have to deal with a rare blood type later on. No, I'm going to completely clean you. I'm going to purify you that where whenever he reminds you of the affair or he reminds you of the time when, when you had a reputation for partying or for lying or for being so caught up in money or things of the world or you just lived life for yourself that he would be able to make such an investment through the blood of Jesus and washing me clean that he would even deal with things that want to sneak up 30 years after I've said yes, that I know him. So, I want to tell you today that he is the blood specialist because he gave his all for you. And he understands These things I just mentioned and a lot more. Even things that you will not even share with anybody. He understands what I am dealing with. It's not justified. It's not something that God's glad that it's there and he's having to say, well, you know, you got grace and mercy and so don't worry about it. Nope, because he knew the purifying power of the blood of his son Jesus could not only wash away sin, but every stain, and it would even help me with the weight that would beset me later on in my... He knew that the purifying power of the cross would do that. And so in John 19, he says these words. He says, but one of the soldiers, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And immediately blood, and you've got to understand this part right here, and water came out. At that point on the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, when a spear was put into his his body, after he had said, it is finished, after the blood came out, then there was nothing left but water. What does that mean for me? That means that the blood specialist knew that he would have to empty himself and when he would have resurrected life three days later, that he would be able to pass that on to you and to me when we would say yes to him so that all of our sins and our guilty stains could be erased and could be washed out of our lives so that we could have a brand new spiritual blood running through our veins. So he understands this, not just now, but he understood it 2,000 years ago. And like we say, he put his money where his mouth was. He put his son where his mouth was. So God understands what you deal with, but God also understands it so much till he put a measure in place to whom the sun sets free, we can be free indeed and we don't have to be chained to it and try to drag it through our Christian walk in this life. He dealt with it at Calvary, folks. He did. He also wants me to know that he is the blood specialist because only his blood. It's not the blood of goats, of lambs, of bulls, of pigeons, or of doves. It's not anything. It's only his blood 
It's not the blood of good works. It's not the blood of giving a lot of money. It's not the blood of consistent church attendance. It's not the blood of just saying, I know him. But because the blood specialist gave his own blood, his own blood is the only thing that's able to completely wash me. His blood is the only thing that's able to wash you. We, there, there's all kind of helps and resources, and there's seminars and books and even sermon series that talks about all kind of other things, and there's things even in this life and world that can, that can help us and be resourceful to us. But I want you to understand today, I don't care how long you've been a believer, it's only the blood of Jesus that can wash us it's nothing else it's not your job in the church or it's not your association with the church or affiliation it's only the blood of Jesus that can wash and you've got to understand what that washing is in the first chapter of Revelation the fifth verse it says and from Christ Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead this is talking of after the resurrection, and the ruler over kings of the earth. He is the firstborn. He's the one that was able to completely wash me and make me clean. Nobody else, because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And, and we know that his blood is pure, and his blood is the one that washes because that new blood that you're washed with, see, the old blood that was in his body, the physical blood, was washed out. But that was symbolic of what would happen to you and I when we said yes to him. So I want to stop for a minute and just say, if you're having a hard time dealing with past feelings, it might be an ex-spouse, it might be a bad mistake you made, and you feel like you're paying for it, you did something in your childhood, or something was done to you in your childhood, or something at school, a mistake you made, and you're still haunted by it. And we can go on for days, but I want you to know, when the blood of Jesus washes you, it just doesn't forgive you, but it's able to take and make you a brand new person and give you resurrecting power that allows you to say I am not that anymore that's no longer a part of my life I am free and I'm free indeed and I'm going to do what God needs me to do instead of occupying these thoughts of what I was a long time ago I believe that I believe he is the blood specialist because only His blood can make us one. And I want you to really lean in right here. The Bible says in the 17th chapter of Acts, He is made of one blood. I want those of you here and at home or wherever to say one blood of all nations, of men, for us to dwell on this earth together. All right? It's Him, Jesus Christ. God the Father, His love for you. I don't care how long you've been a drug dealer. I don't care if you used to sell your body to buy prescription drugs. Ma'am, sir, Jesus, His blood, can deal with that. 
I don't care how many times you've replayed the tape in your mind, and the Spirit of God is prompting me right now to tell somebody in here or out there, there's nothing you can brag about or you can bring on your cheat sheet to God that he cannot take it and say, I'm the blood specialist. I wash deep. I go clean. I go way deep. I, 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 go, I, I deal with cancer of the blood. I deal with rare blood types. I can not only do it here, but I can do it internationally. I can save somebody in Israel. I can save somebody in Guatemala, in Africa, in Iran, Afghanistan. I, I am the blood specialist. And I want to tell you one thing that is plaguing our nation right now, and it's worse than the coronavirus. I heard a message similar to this a couple of weeks ago, but God has laid this on my heart since yesterday, and I cannot get away from that. And that's the scripture because he is made of one blood, all nations. And this may be offensive if it is offensive to you or you. You haven't been properly washed. And I say that with all authority of this word and that scripture. And I've preached this before, and some of you know this, that when you truly get saved, there is no such thing as you being a white man anymore, a black man, a Native American, a Hispanic, an Oriental, someone from Russia, someone from There is no such thing. My lineage, my heritage doesn't matter anymore that I'm Irish or I was born of Jewish descent or I'm, I'm Scottish or, or my ancestors were this or that. When you get saved, my friend, and you are truly washed, you are washed with a blood if you get washed with the blood that he said, I've made them all just one, one blood. He didn't say, i got a blood for white people. I've got a blood for African American. I've got a blood for Japanese people. I've got a blood over here. No, sirree. He said, one blood. I shed and emptied myself of one blood to take care of everybody. And so you are new in Christ now. You're new in Christ. If you feel the need to wear shirts or post things that are politically motivated or have marches or have things and you're caught up in all these that tell about who you were, then that tells me, but more importantly to me, that tells God that you are more infatuated with who you were before the cross than you are after the cross. There's a problem. We have a problem, Houston. Because the blood of Jesus Christ even sets you free from your own flesh and your own way of things. Because his ways are higher than our ways. You no longer want to be a part of these low ways anymore. Amen? But pastor, we suffer. Pastor, and look, my daddy was a shoemaker. His daddy was a shoemaker. Listen, I can go, I, I, I can tell you poor things. I can tell you mistreatment. I can tell you how people laugh and make fun. I can tell you all this. But you know what? That means I would be spending more time bragging about how I was treated than I am about how God treated me 2,000 years ago. And it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus. Now, if people's logged off by now, that's fine. But you've got at least that seed and you've got to deal with it. And I do this all the time if you're watching us today. I do. There's no time to play with the word of God and people. 
We're not here to serve cupcakes. We're here getting ready to meet our Lord and Savior. And he hath made us one blood of all nations. You know what? When God looks down here on this earth and he sees his body, he doesn't see ethnic. He doesn't see uh, ethnic backgrounds or colors. He doesn't see anything. He sees one blood. He sees Jesus Christ. Do y'all hear me? He doesn't see all these divisions and groups and, and categories and, and all these little. He doesn't see all that. He sees one blood, one race. He's also the blood specialist because only his blood can bring us close to him. 2,000 years ago, God realized ever since the Garden of Eden, there had been a long, long span between when he used to walk with man in the cool of the day until the cross. God missed that. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but God missed that, folks. And God knew that we were so far away from him that there would, there would only be one thing. And you know... I. God could have, after the flood, he's God. He could have did the whole manger scene thing right after the flood, amen. He could have. He's God. He could do what he wanted to. But for all of that time that went by, God, God knew that, man, I made these people in my own image. They're my people. I don't care if they hate me. I still made them, and I want to be able to draw them in. But he knew that the drawing would require not blood of animals anymore. It would require the blood of his son, Jesus. But you know what? After the cross, and when you know God and you understand what that blood that was shed really did, you can understand what Paul said in the second chapter of, of Ephesians when he said, but now in Christ, now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes made, you were afar off, you are now made nigh. How? How? How is that possible? By the blood of Jesus. You are made near. It's not because you know how to say John 3.16. Or you put $10 in the offering every week. It's not that. It's because of the pain and the agony. But the love of God is the way God drew you back. See, sin, and I want you to hear me, because sin pulled you away. That's what sin does. And I've said that this week. Sin always separates us. But God said, I'm pulling you back. And it's going to hurt because I'm going to have to look away from my son to do this. But he loved you enough that he was willing to do that. And he was willing to pull you back in through a painful process called the cross. And he's the blood specialist because only his blood can make me want to serve him. Only his blood. And this is why I think there's a deficit in the body of Christ worldwide with people wanting to serve God until they die like Pat did. See, a lot of people want that kind of funeral. You hear me? I don't even know. Just the funeral service may have 3,000 hits by now since uh, Friday. 
A lot of people want that kind of service, but they don't want to live that kind of life of dedication and service to God. Now, since we don't have anybody in here to amen, I'm going to say, amen, God. You're right, Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to and you, you get the rest of the story because it ain't up there. I probably did that. But I'll tell you what it says. It means because of through the blood of Christ that he offered himself and he didn't have anything dirty. He did this. And now through him doing that, you are able to live your life because of what he did. And serve him until you die. But it's because of his blood. And he's not only able to do that, but he's able to deal with my conscience that bothers me all the time. How many of you have to deal with your conscience? You can raise your hand if you're online. I have to deal with it all the time. My conscience is killing me. It is. But see, he did that. Every bit of this. And and he cleansed me from sin and rare blood types, and I'm speaking spiritual when I say that, things that, that are contrary to my health. I've been talking a lot about thinking about Ed's mother, and all these things, these are things that are contrary, and her, her blood system has built up an antibody, and it just fight, the antibody fights off anything that would be productive for her. So they've got to search and see that's kind of spiritually what goes on with us. We, we have our souls, we have our lives, and, 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 and you know, we, we, we resist, and, and we kick against the pricks. But God says, listen, I can deal with that. I'm the specialist, and I can come in and not only clear up your conscience, but I can cause you not to want to serve that stuff anymore and serve the living God. That's what he wants to do. And I want to tell you today, before we pray, I want to tell you that all I heard this week is there are so many things that are missing off the shelf. I've heard there's no more Lysol. There's no more uh, Clorox or Clorox wipes. All You keep hearing all these things. And see, just like with chemicals, that we are needing right now, there's there's some good things. There's some good things that that help us in cleaning and sanitizing. There's some good things. There's some good Christian music. There's some good devotionals. There's good life groups. There's good Bible studies. There's there's all these things. That can help me and encourage me. And I, I encourage you to take part in and use these things. Because this is what needs to be feeding us in this time we're living in all the time. It needs to be these things that edify and build us up on our most holy faith and lift us up. That's what we need to be doing. So there's some good things that you can do. And there's things that help me in my spiritual walk. 
But then not all of those things can completely help me. And, and sometimes we don't even look to those things. We look to other good things in the community to help us out. Uh, I'm just going to start taking more me time and shop, or maybe I'm going to spend time with my friends and buddies, and it'll get better and it'll go away, and it, that, that doesn't work. So just like there's good chemicals in our house, they make, they make one that I learned about from Bo Winburn a long time ago. They make one cleaning agent that's called Awesome. And you know what? It's awesome because, and you know what I love about awesome? Awesome is not expensive at all. And it does better than things that millions, listen to me, in the world of advertising, millions of dollars are spent on in marketing and advertising. And there sits little old awesome at the dollar store. And it blows it all away. And God was dealing with me about that. He says, you know, there's a lot of good things people do. They try to keep their children involved in all kinds of things. They try to keep their own self. They, they, try, to, they try to meet their own needs by doing this and doing that and all that. And they're good. They're good. But they're not awesome, though. My God is awesome. He can move a mountain. In the valley. He's great. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's the deliverer. He's holy. You know why he is? Because he allowed the blood of his son Jesus to be shed. So in a day like this that man has never seen before in our time, he would be able to say, now wait a minute. I'm not just dealing with this now. I dealt with this 2,000 years ago, and you can live a lot better than everybody else or the devil's telling you because the blood of my son Jesus dealt with this, and you can walk with your head pointed toward the sky and knowing that I'm about to return at any moment. So I want to ask you right now, are you dealing with a, a rare blood type? Is there just something... Preacher, I, I know I've heard it, but I just don't know if it will do that. And I've tried this, and see, there is the problem, my friend. You've tried. You can't do it. Just like I told you, awesome was cheaper than a lot of this other stuff. We are so guilty, aren't we? We try all kinds of other things that cost us, and we don't go to the well that will never run dry, that's already free. He's paid for it, you see. We try self-help. We try all these other things, but we don't try that one awesome thing, you know. We don't do it. I want, I want to ask you if you'll close your eyes here, home, wherever, because God, this awesome God, he wants, to, he wants to help you, and He wants to take and heal you. No, I mean He wants to heal you. you. You may not get up out of the bed or have to get the cast removed tomorrow, but I'm talking about a deeper healing. That thing that keeps holding you back or that thing that you've given yourself permission to just hang on to and get used to? No, ma'am. No, sir. The blood of Jesus hurt too much. It cost too much. It was too painful. And he didn't hold anything back so you could be free. So you could be set free. He doesn't. 
mean for you just to go through life and have to just get rid of that when you depart this life? He wants you to be like Pat Walters was the last five years of your life on this earth. He wants, man, he wants you to be liberated and you be more anointed in your going out than you've ever had before. That's what God, and so he did that at Calvary. He just wants you to receive it today. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I don't know who has heard anything that you have laid on my heart for us to share through this avenue today. But God, I do know this. I know that there is an enemy roaming to and fro, and he is trying to work people up, even your people. He's trying to cause us to be afraid and to be scared and not to turn our eyes on you, not to reflect on the awesome God that you are. But in the name of Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, right now, that you would set the captive free. Any person that is not really embrace what you did. I pray right now they would say, Father, I want to be completely washed. I want to forget about my life now and embrace this new life, this redeemed life that can, can get me where I need to be now and also give me access to all of eternity. So I repent and I ask you to cleanse me and wash me and make me whiter than snow. God, and in the name of Jesus, if you will forgive me, and I know you will, I will dedicate the rest of my life to you. And I'll live until I die for you. In the name of Jesus.